When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. How are you? Happy Wednesday, episode 699, part one of two parts. Um, today we're going to talk about with Coach Neal about building a program. I think you're going to really enjoy this. Um, this is about an hour and a half, so I split it into two different sections, one today and one tomorrow. Um, but before we dive into that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. Uh, first of all, go over and check out Dr. Dish. They have, you know, that Dr. Dish CT, that shooting machine that they launched. I think it was in January is when they launched. It's the only machine with it, that video-enabled touchscreen that displays hundreds of on-demand on drills and things and wow the world we live in i can't imagine a better thing than that they'll mention coach unplugged they'll give you 350 dollars off that purchase also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better um, videos communications handouts you know there's nothing like it on the web in my opinion um, we will help you we will hold your hands as someone who's won almost 500 basketball games as a high school basketball coach and three state titles and coach numerous NBA guys. I, I, I know what you've gone through and I, I'm willing to help. Um, that's one of the reasons I started teachhoops.com. So let's go over and check it out and let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to coach unplugged. Um, I'm not even going to try to guess which episode this will be coach. It will be less than a thousand. I'm, I'm at like six, 700 at this point, but, um, coach, I'm going to have you coach. You know, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Um, kind of tell the listeners or the people that are watching this kind of your basketball journey, uh, where you started and kind of where we got to the, to the point. So I'll turn it over to you. It's not really early morning, but I'll turn it over to you. I'll take my coffee out and we'll listen and then we'll dive into talking about building a program. Well, my name is Heath Neal. I'm the head girls coach at Pea Ridge High School in Pea Ridge, Arkansas. It's just, we call it the 
the Walmart North. We're just about five miles outside of Walmart headquarters. And so, okay. Uh, so, so, okay. So this is what I said. We always, I always have a pre-interview. We just talked for five minutes probably. Yeah. How, how big is the headquarters of Walmart? Currently it's huge. They're building a whole brand new home office. And so, which is really going to be closer to us. So what are we talking? Are we talking like 5,000 people? Are we talking like how oh. many, mi- I mean, how, how much is it? Does it take up a small city? It's gotta be huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I mean, uh, if you look at Northwest Arkansas, you got kind of like, we call it the quad city. You got Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Benville. Yep. Fayetteville, Springdale, real close to each other. That's where the University of Arkansas is. Yep. Rogers and Benville are real close to each other. And Benville, okay. Benville has been the growth of Northwest Arkansas completely because of Walmart. Okay. The Walmart family. And so, I mean, you can imagine we have international live here to come all the way to Northwest Arkansas. Oh, it's got to be crazy. It's, like the Arkansas too. I mean, that's it, crazy. Since yeah. I was a kid, since I was a kid, I mean, we, we've seen this thing just explode. Um, you, what I saw when I was five, six, seven years old is not what it is today. Right. And, and now, you know, I'm 35 now. And so they're, they're building this brand new um, home office that's you no know, telling how Okay, so talk, talk about getting off trail, but we're going to get off trail for a second. <laughs> so a couple of things about Walmart. First of all, like we have Epic, which is um, one of the largest um, – uh, companies, it's an it's a company that basically does your um, your health records. They're the largest one, and they built in a suburb of Madison. And it's like, oh my god, it's it takes over. It's a billion dollar company. When one of those comes in, it takes over. It's crazy. So how has that affected? sports that's why that's why i'm saying i'm going to get off trail a little bit oh. how that's had to have brought people into the community all all around northwest arkansas I yeah mean, just not just in our school district to put it in relevancy for our school district like bentonville where bentonville high school is and i my one of my mentors was a head coach there for a long time and he actually coached his name is jason mcmahon he actually coached um, malik monk who plays for the charlotte hornets right now and, yep. and so um played at kentucky for john calipari and um Anyways, at that size, school is a, a 7A classification, which is the highest classification we have in Arkansas. Pea Ridge, 10 years ago, was a uh, 3A classification. So give me numbers. 7A is like a couple thousand? Uh, 7A, uh, 7A, like class size, like school size? School size. Their high, their high school is probably a couple thousand, just okay. their high school. Okay. And so like our high school 10 years ago was probably about four. And so now if, if you look by the AAA standards of Arkansas, well, they're at 7A. And just in 10 years, we've gone from 3A and we're entering into 5A classification. Next Whoa. Year. And so it's, that's the impact of Walmart. For yeah, sure. I mean, the growing, I mean, the, the, how do the, the schools must be bursting. It's, it's, I mean, we're building a high school currently. Uh, we're excited because we're, we got a brand new arena coming with that. So our basketball staff's fired up and our community's fired up because the things also we've been doing, but that's, that's what comes with growth. Um, and that's the thing is like right now, Bentonville and, and some suburb cities outside of Bentonville don't have the property that we do. So that's where they're all coming. So there's always growing pains too. We can talk about that in a second. So go, we'll, we'll get back on trail. So keep talking about your journey here a little bit. So sure. yeah. I've been in my fifth year as the head girls coach. This is my fifth year. I spent three years as the head junior high boys coach under our boys coach currently, and his name's Trent Lloyd. Um, learned a lot from him. Um, my journey to basically where I'm at, there's a lot of people and mentors that I had along the way to get to where I'm at. One's my father. Um, my father now is a superintendent, fixing to retire in school business, was a longtime coach for 18 years in our state. And so I grew up in the gym. Sounds like my son. Yeah, it sounds like my son. I think a, a gym rat, a coach's kid. Um, I got to watch 
you know, I wasn't the one that just sit there and played in the gym. I sit on the end of the bench and watch my dad and, and uh, watch good coaches around my dad. Fast forward, um, my dad, my sophomore year, takes his first administrative job. And um, so he got out of coaching. And then I learned how to, I guess, look upon other coaches other than who I was playing, uh, who I was playing for. Right. And so I, I got to learn from some other coaches I played for, whether that be AAU or, or high school. Um, and then after college or after high school, I went to college for a year, really struggled um, academically. I was, I felt like I was mature enough socially, but um, not so much academically. Ended up joining the service. So that's, that's interesting. So do you think if you'd have taken a year off, that would have helped? No, I don't think I'd have made it through. I don't think just knowing myself, I don't think I would be here today without my military background. Um, okay. I think my attention to detail and stuff like that, that I use in, in here in, in my everyday job, I've got to test that to what I learned in the service. Spent five years in the Navy, traveled all the way around the world, and I was 19. I got out when I was 20. So what were you, what, were you on an aircraft carrier? Were you on? I was. I was. My first three years, I was on an aircraft carrier called the USS Kitty Hawk. It was stationed out of Yakushka, Japan. So I lived in Japan uh, I know for the Kitty years. Hawk. I've and, seen uh, yeah, it. Was, it was the oldest at the time. Trip. It was the oldest carrier in the Navy. And yeah. um, we decommissioned it, so we retired it. And then my last, this is this is where everybody, I blow everybody's mind, is my last two years in the service, I actually took a job. It was an Army billet, but I actually took a job, and I worked down at Guantanamo Bay. And so I did hands-on detention operation detainees that we had captured back from, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan, and all in, in our conference. So, okay, so a couple things. First of all, living on an aircraft carrier right now is like, I, I'm not guessing they're just not letting them come home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at living at 5,000 um, 5,000 people when you're underway and then uh, right. it's the size of three football fields. So. Right. The only, the only issue is if you let them out, like if they just stay in the aircraft carrier, no one's going to get COVID. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. no one's going to get it if they don't leave. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, okay. So Guantanamo, were you, did you have to stay? You always, you couldn't leave the base. Did you leave the base? Well, the base, uh, the base is huge. It's like 56 square miles. Ooh. Um, so That's it's, big. It's, you got both sides of the bay. Um, if you look at the map, you got two sides. You got windward side and leeward side. Um, the tension camp was on one side. Now you had to have um, specific clearances to get to the tension camp, but you also had the regular base side. Um, so it was like a, a 10, 15 minute drive to work to where the base was or to the camps were. were so our family is living there then? Oh, there's a high school down there. Yeah, there's a high there's a military high school down there. Um, there I mean, there's, so there's, there's, there's schools for military. Okay. Um, and so, and they, they're doing, I mean, we've had the base, I think, you know, I think it's a cool story if you ever did research on Cuba or military base. Yeah. We've had that since the 1800s. I think the, the story behind that is we actually leased it from the Cuban government for like $1,200 a year back in the 1800s. After Fidel Castro took over and we stopped relationships after the Cuban Missile Crisis, Fidel stopped cashing checks every year. So since the 60s, that base has technically been free. They hadn't paid for anything on and having that property because Fidel back in the day cut ties with government so so, so um the weather's really nice it's like very, miami it's kind of like a desert a little bit down there so as well very humid um it is nice i mean it's it's like you know your caribbean style i mean the so, water so yeah that's, that's that's what i think cuba's hope is that um it becomes a tourist it eventually becomes a tourist attraction it was in the 50s and 40s yeah, when I was there, we still didn't have those. We still had travel restrictions there. Yeah. Um, but I could easily see how they could allow. Like, we never, you weren't ever allowed to go into Cuban territory. Right. Um, you know, we would joke when we go fishing in the Guantanamo River, come up to a bridge about three or four miles up the river, and 
it'd be like, if you go past this bridge, you're going to jail. Right. And so, you know, like the government, the Cuban government's going to take you over and you're probably in big trouble. So, but it, it was huge. I mean, it's just, there was so much to, for, for military people to do on base and outside of what we probably do in the States, but as part of the job. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, eventually I think that, I think tourism could be the solution to, to Cuba at some point. Okay. So then you came back from there and then came what? Back from there, went to the University of Arkansas, um, got lucky enough to work on the uh, student athletic training side uh, for Bobby Petrino staff at Arkansas when we were back okay. when football was relevant at the yeah. University of Arkansas. Okay. Touche. Um, Touche. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, uh, we had some fall off since the motorcycle accident, but so. Yeah, there's that. I'm telling you, I don't think there's going to be fall football. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much like Camp Randall where the Badgers play, Wisconsin play 75, 80,000 people. You can't put 80,000 people in a stadium. Like no, it's, there's going to be, it's, it's to be seen, I guess. They're going to figure out a, some type of way to sell tickets too, because yeah, it's, and that's the thing is like, this is all money driven. This is decisions will be made because of the dollar bill. So. The dollar bill. That's true. Yeah. So, okay. So you came back and then you were in Arkansas. Yeah, I was at Arkansas. Football was, football was, we've, we've, we've come to the conclusion football is better than, okay. No, not necessarily. I mean, I've always been a basketball guy. Now I played as an athlete, a student athlete, I played more, right. but I've always, and I think, you know, I think if you talk to a lot of coaches, I've learned a lot from football coaches and I use a lot from football coaches in our practice, you know, time and score. Um, periods. There's a lot of things that we because they're still, hurting cat. That's oh, what I tell people. Yeah, Football exactly. coaches hurt cats because it's like you put seventy guys out there, For you're sure. organized, you're in trouble. Like, and that's a whole other conversation because I can tell you how I align my staff, you know, my, how they got position coaches in football and they, right. and we do a lot of things and correlate with how football coaches run practice. So I learned a lot from there. And then uh, my last year, I interned Jason McMahon at Bentonville. Jason's first head job as a junior high coach, like right out of, co yeah, right out of college, I was his first class as a freshman. And so we okay. built that relationship, player coach relationship, and I always had a tremendous respect for him. And then I had the opportunity to come back when he made it big. He won two state title or won a state title and then got a runner up in Arkansas at the school in which I played for him at as he moved up and uh, to be a head coach. And then um, uh, got a huge opportunity to go work for Bentonville High School, which was a, a classification above where he was at currently. Takes over that program. It was just a subpar program at the time and elevates it into, you know, what it is today. And, um, and so, and then had players like Malik and and some other players like Nick Smith who played at Belmont. I mean, some good, good players. Good players. Through. Yeah. Good players come through. And, and so um, got the opportunity to work for him eight miles up the road. We were looking after I graduated college, you know, we we're looking for jobs. And what'd you great? What was your major in college? I, I, I majored in K-12 Canise. had a minor in history um, just in case I had to teach history. So um, <laughs> There's kind of a demand for history teachers. I don't yeah. know. Well, if, if you don't do anything else, you, you limit yourself on certifications. And oh yeah. You can't, you, can't you definitely can't do that. Uh, yeah. P Ridge job came open for a junior high job and uh, had the opportunity to transition just eight miles north. Worked for a guy who's his, it was his first year as head coach in Trent Lloyd and his dad has been a 35 year head coach in Arkansas, well respected in the same classification that Bentonville was in. And so I got to work for him and we became best friends, um, phenomenal X's and O's guys. One of the best, one of the best X's and O's guys I've ever seen at a young age. I mean, he took over a job at 27 um, and to what he is today in eight years of being a head coach is impressive. I think. Um, you could have another segment just on X's and O's and set plays with him. He's really good. But I learned a lot from him, although, I, you know, we all have our – And where is, he, where is he located? He's, he's our head boys coach here at Pete Ridge. I'm going to write it down. 
I'm always looking for. Okay, go keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So, um, so I spent three years under him. Had some had a lot of success. We had a lot of really good teams during that three years in junior high. And then the team that I started out with in junior high, by the time when they were seniors, went to the state finals. Um, got got beat out by um, Arkansas Baptist was really good. Had a kid that went to Kansas um, and then has a kid, has a seven foot three kid that's at, at uh, Arkansas right now currently. And, and so had a really good team that year and then had some tra- uh, had some turnover in the girls program. And the girls program at the time, I think was in a period of needed a spark, needed a new sense of energy, um, was struggling, I would say. And so Sometimes it just know. needs a new face. It's nothing against the old coach. Sometimes no, absolutely not. The old coach is a legend here, um, yeah. And, yeah, and had been an AD and does a phenomenal job. I learned a lot from him just in the three years that I was. My dad coached against him. I watched him when I was a young kid. Played against him, um, and 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 so so much well respected from the kids as well. You know, when we took over, that was always a challenge too. Is like, hey, how do you get buy in? Because I'm already in district, right? And and creating this new culture and new environment and how to do things differently. It's not that he was doing things or I was doing things better than one another. It's just a different way of learning. And, um, you know, we wanted to make it popular because everything at the time, after my first three was all about the boys program. Everything at the time was the boys are really successful and the girls weren't at the right. time. And, and we wanted to be relevant. We wanted to be, we wanted to be co and, and, but we had to work hard to get there and we had to do the right things all the time to get there. We couldn't just hope it happened. We had to do a lot of teaching and how to get them there. And, we had a plan. We had a vision that was kind and of. I think that I think that's perfect. I think that's a perfect lead into what we're going to talk about with you and your program. So why don't you share the screen? That's a perfect lead. Sure. And that's a difficult thing for for young coaches. First of all, I've been coaching for thirty years too, and I and I'll just keep talking as you're getting stuff ready here. It's hard to know when to walk out the door because I don't want to kick. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get kicked out the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, there's a fine line between when to leave and when not to leave. I, it's it's one of those questions I always ask myself. But um, yeah. go ahead, coach. So go ahead. You're going to talk about building a program, and then yeah. I'll just jump in so and, and say some we, stuff here. When we took over, we had to have a vision and a plan and what our identity was going to be, and we had to create buy-in within the kids. And um, one of the things that we felt like was important is um, all the things that we're going to go over here. And and I wanted to put in a set, in a in a slideshow in which you know what we did as a staff. I, I got lucky. I got to hire. Um, I got to hire one my first year. He ended up being my um, seventh grade coach over the la- over my second year. I had a coach transition. We moved him up to my main assistant, but we built this, you know, we built a great staff around us. And I think that's huge. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But that's, that's really huge. And it's <laughs> but, also huge for young, for young coaches that are listening is that when you get a job, these are questions you should ask during that interview process. And, and do I get that? Do I get to hire my staff or not hire my staff? I mean, those are some questions to think about when you're, when you're sure. taking a job you know but tread lightly on that because you know at the time at the time I'm a head junior high coach and so I'm interviewing against guys that have head coaching experience what's going to set me apart from these guys I know that they've they've been interviewing me for the last 36 months they know what I'm capable of they understand my work ethic they know that I'm possibly an up-and-comer but I've never done it before where some of these other male or female coaches who have had coaching experience that interviewed against me had right and And, and I think that's another good point there you made with young coaches is you are being interviewed every day when you're in a program you're i mean especially if you're trying to take over a program that's important because you're being interviewed every day you know that and and you can't get over the hurdle of not having head coaching experience we've all you and we've all been in that boat where you're sitting across the table and it's like well i can't get head coaching experience unless someone gives me a chance you know so i think that's an important thing go ahead i think that's a whole nother topic too because when i interviewed and i knew what 
you know, I knew the hurdles that I had and I, I had gone, I had looked at other head jobs um, before and I've been in the running and been in the top three to some other head jobs on the boys side. And, and then when we transitioned over to the girls, um, I had this great opportunity. I was ready to be a head coach. I didn't really care what gender. Um, hey, it's basketball. Basketball's ball. In some yeah. sense, I could argue that women's are the purest form. So, I could too. Um, but uh, one of the things that I think is important that young coaches need to hear is that when you go up against experience, that's the white elephant in the room. You can't you can't overcome it yourself. So what I try to do, attack it head on, and and during the interview process, and and let that be known. So I try to I tried to uh, basically put a I put a slideshow on. It was funny. I said, you know, I, I defined experience. What is the definition? of experience. If you looked at my background and my history, I, I had been growing up through the game my whole life. I had led people in the military um, as a work center supervisor. And, right. and so I had been a leader in different former fashions other than leading teams. And, and technically, I was a head junior high coach. So I had led a team before. So, you, so I, yes, you make a negative into a positive. And For the sure. thing is, I think um, you, you have to sell. It's like it's like um, Washington outsiders. If you're a politician and you want to go to Washington, you basically say, look, I'm just a teacher and I live in Wisconsin and I'm going to bring new. It's, it's the same thing when you're looking like, well, I'm going to be different than the coach that's already done it. I'm going to be here 12 hours a day and blah, blah, blah. You have to, you have to make a strength into or weakness into a strength, I think is, sure. is that twist. But yeah, I, I love the idea of saying, here's what experience is because experience doesn't have to necessarily be standing on that sideline either. I love that. I, that that's a great golden nugget. And for I took, coaches. I took the funny thing is, is I took, you know, I was, let's see, I was, 30. I was 30 at the time. And I took... Um, so youth is an issue too, because yeah, I remember right. my first one that I got turned down. I know they looked at me and goes, he's too young. I know they did. And that happens. That yeah. happens. Yeah. And our head boys coach at the time, when I, when I first got a job under him, he was 27. And um, and and he had been two years as he, he basically rolled up position that he was hiring for. He rolled up from that position. So they moved up a junior high coach into the head coach. So I knew that they had done it before. Um, and right. I think I think, they, I think they hired the best candidate, 100%, no doubt. I mean, I, right. I do think they got got it right with the boys program. But at the at the time, I felt like I've got to I've got to hit my age and I've got to hit my experience in interview process. And so I had a, a common theme, and I put some of the best coaches in our area or in our state, and I put all of their accolades on there. And then I put at what age they became a head coach. And you know, most of the time, like Brian Ross at Little Rock Baptist or Arkansas Baptist was was 29 when he became a head coach, and he's a three time state title winner. And then my mentor, he he was he. He was 28 when he became a head coach. He's a one uh, state title winner, two runner up. And then I, I referenced our boys coach. And I tried to attack that because every one of those common theme people needed their first opportunity. And that's they all did. I needed. I was late 20s, early 30s. I mean, when I got mine. And it's like, I think, I, I actually think that's a perfect window, to be honest with you. Like that late 20s, early 30s is from a hiring standpoint. Because I definitely, in my, in my 50s, do not have the energy I had in my 30s. <laughs> I feel the same way at 35 some days, but. I mean, you, you, you wait, you wait. It definitely like, and, I, and I'm like, if anybody ever, I mean, if you saw me, I have to go for two walks a day right now to get the number of steps I got when I was so yeah. like, I have to get like 12, 13,000 steps. I got to go for two walks with my dog because <laughs> that's how much movement I have. So people aren't saying Collins is like, but I don't feel that. Like, I don't feel the energy I had in my 30s. So I think that's got to be a selling point too, but go ahead, coach. Back to the identity. Um, yeah. 
we, we wanted to build this identity and brand around girls basketball that was equivalent to the success that the boys program had, but also uh, to, to rally um, our community behind because our community rallied around because we're winning. Obviously, winning cures a lot of things in boys, but we wanted to rally the community even more around both programs. That was like a personal mission for, for me. You know, I felt like, one, we had to earn it. Two, we had to put a product out there that our community would be proud of. And um and enjoy watching. I think that's important. It's marketing. There's mar- It's marketing. Guaranteed. 100%. Yeah. So what we did was for our kids, it started with our core values. And this goes from my staff. This goes all the way down to our, our, our seventh grade program. We actually extend this down for our youth league coaches as well. But our core values are simple. These are anything you have in a value system. This is the military in me, by the way. The most important things that we stand on, these are our pillars. And we felt, we felt like truth, trust, being together, everything we do is together, having high, high integrity. And then, you know, we extend those four to our parents. When we do our parent meeting, we extend those four. So like those four for our parents, when you have parent meetings, those are important. One, they got to, one, they got to know that we're all going to be truthful to each other. You got to trust me. I've got to trust you. You know, we got to be together in this for the, for the kid. And then we all got to have high integrity during this process. And so we're laying the groundwork for not only our players, but our whole, everybody that's involved in our program. And then a big one for me is we want to be competitive. Um, And so I think through the uh, maturation and the process of of our four years here at Pea Ridge um, in the girls program, we had to learn how to compete. We had to learn how to love to win and hate to lose. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I am. If you can stop for a second and subscribe and like, we would really appreciate that. That's an easy way for you to help us out. Um, at Coach Unplugged, and we really, that does excite us a lot. I read every one of those reviews. Um, go over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That would help us out a lot. Also, if you're really thinking of taking your game to the next level, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Uh, 14-day free trial as, as I speak right now, but a great deal. Come over and join our community. Come over and join like-minded coaches trying to get better every day. Um, and let's head back to the podcast. And, and we had to do that all the time. We would compete not even in sports stuff and we would try to compete in the classroom and we would we would compete and when we would have a barbecue or whatever a team outing and we would compete in in games and we're trying to drive home this sense of gosh i hate losing hate losing it's not fun we got to find out ways to win and then we wanted it to be a players program and what i mean by that some coaches probably cringe when they hear that because we're control freaks by nature but we want it to be rather than having i could draw up any x's and o's anything to get them in the right places, but they, if they don't have confidence doing it, it's irrelevant. And so we wanted them to have confidence and ownership and buy-in to what we did as a unit. I thought that was important value for us. And the last thing, we want to do it full speed, have high intensity and maximum effort. And that's sitting in that poster right there, sitting as it's a banner, or not a banner, it's a, I know, it. like it almost looks like a chalkboard kind of it's, thing. It's a, it's, it's, it's 10, but it's a, it's a, it's a sign. It's, it's what a it big is. sign. It's, it's a like, sign. so, so question. So people listening, so there's seven of them. And again, all this stuff I'll put in the show notes. So people that are listening are driving their cars or working yeah. or doing whatever they're doing when they go listen to a podcast. It's not as big a deal on the YouTube because they can see it. How did you come up with the core values? Cause people always ask me that. How, how do you come up with your pillars or your core value? I think one, it's it's my own personal things of how I live my life. Um, like I said, I, I took some stuff from the military. Like in the military, we have core value, you know, and so it's how we, we were supposed to act. Um, it goes back to some of the golden rule things. Um, obviously, I stole. I, my mentor used some of these. and, and uh, Coaches are great thieves, so it's okay. Uh, 
Like, no coach is ever going to get mad if you steal their pillar. You can steal every one of my out-of-bounds plays. I don't care. I mean, I got them from someone else. Like, yeah. it's like that's just what it is. It's about sharing. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, it, and it's about what fits you and yeah. what fits your – I mean, if it didn't fit me personally, I wouldn't be putting it down. If I didn't believe in it, you can't you can't put something there gives false belief because your kids will call you out on that. And I think that's I think that's extremely important because – Yeah, you can't BS a BSer. So no. most kids are BSers. So you can't do that. They'll they, Kids are very – their meter on reading you is very, very good. From someone that's coached a long time, one of the things I always tell my guys is I will never lie to you. I will not come in this locker room and tell you the team we're playing is the best team ever and you all know they're horrible i'm not gonna lie to you i'm gonna be honest and then i'm gonna talk about how we can attack tackle it after that mm-hmm. they respect that they want honesty they For don't sure. they want they want to know the truth uh, it's hard sometimes to hear it but they want it very much so i mean they, you do your player meetings and stuff like that and, and you're, you're truthful with these kids and they do they want it sometimes they don't want it fully but they want it um, and sometimes they don't appreciate it until five years later but eventually, it, it mo- for most of them, it, it hit. Keep keep going. We're, we're, we're building a brand. We're building an identity. We've got to make it popular. We've got to make it where not only that, um, you know, our kids are excited about it, but it, this extends down farther than just my high school program. And so what you see here on the on the screen is some of the things. This is just a very small uh, clip of what we did, but we got new practice gear. They didn't have practice gear for a long time, maybe four or five years. We got new game gear. We got new practice gear for junior high. We got travel bags. We You know, we we, we wanted our kids to be fired up to come to athletics and basketball at the end of the day. Like, also, so, he, so, so one of my first things when I got the job, a couple things. When I got my first job, I went into the ADS and said, we're buying new uniforms. He goes, we don't need uniform. I go, yeah, we do. It's mm-hmm. like going to work. When you put a tie on, for a guy, mm-hmm. when you put a tie on and a suit on, you feel different than when you're in your T-shirt and your short. I need to make them feel proud of what they are because this program hasn't won. That was the first thing. The second thing, how many kids you do you keep on your roster? Uh, you asking me? Yeah. So right now, now, uh, I don't do cuts in high school. We're not, we haven't had the number where I've had to. Okay. Do you to, do you, the point is, are you getting, do you usually have, because I want to talk about the practice gear, do you normally have two groups, like an eight, a black and a red? Or? So we have, we have a, and during practice, I do segregate um, a black, white team. Two, two, uh, two, two groups, not three. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, I can. I have the capability to do that, but we usually don't go that deep. No, sir. You don't usually go that deep. Okay. So that's why, you know, some, especially some of the youth coaches won't necessarily have it's, – it's nice to have two different colors just – from mm-hmm. a, from a, um, I just found out that there's actually a company that makes three colors. They called Triversables. Well, which, this is a this is, is a crazy. big thing for this is a big thing that we did because when I transitioned over from male to female, obviously there's a, not a learning curve, but there's some things that I've got to do differently than I did with male pro. And so one of the things that we did when we bought all these practice gear and to have the possibility to go to three groups is I make it mandatory for our kids to wear undershirts under their practice gear. So they have a compression shirt and we'll go a different color in which our practice gear is. So if they go into their compression shirt, it's just a, it's a, it's a barrier for us coaches because we, we're male staff one. And so like, you know, when we flip over to a different color, there's no wasted practice time. We don't have to go in the locker room to do it. Um, we flip over, we have a color there. If I want them in white or black from there, we can go, we can do that. But we have the capability to go three colors just because the undershirt. Yeah, and that's nice. And 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 that transition too, because I've been the two the two kind of themes for podcasts I've been doing for the last like three weeks are building a program and practice planning. And they they're, they're correlated. But the practice planning part is what you're talking about is that transition. That's a hard thing for young coaches. 
And you just saved an hour over a season probably on that transition from changing colors. If the, yeah. the, the faster you can do that, the more concise you can be in your teaching. So I love that. I love the undershirt thing. I've never thought of that. That's a great idea. And, and it protects it protects male coaches. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 absolutely. But even for me, I could do that for me. You know, we're green and white. I yes. could put a black yeah. undershirt. Boom, we're set. There's our three yeah. colors. Let's for go. Sure. Like, you know, um, yeah. and the time we could save. And I'm, you know, again. Saving money as well. It's a lot yeah. cheaper. So anyways, this is this is some just a, a snippet of what we did for our kids. And that, and you can see on their face. I mean, they're fired up. They're excited. They're they're happy to have all that stuff. Um, and, and our seventh graders in our in our in our youth league programs, when they come to the games on Tuesdays and Friday nights, they get to see that. And they want to, you know, and that's what that's what we wanted. We wanted them to go, hey, I want to be a part of that. That stuff looks awesome. I want that. And then we get to dive in and go, well, here's how you Here's how you do that. Um, one of the things we do, and these are in our locker rooms, is we, we weigh everything off of pyramids. We, we have pyramids of success, and I'm sure you've seen this, um, different versions of pyramids of success. Yeah, it's, a John, it's a John Wooden thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big big John Wooden fan when it comes to all this. Um, I'm going to start on the one on the right. No, I'll start on the one on the left. You know, we talk about character, having high, high character, attention to the details, and then um, you follow that into performance, and then that shows results at the peak of the pyramid. And obviously – um, any coach that needs that, I don't mind sending uh, right. a clip of that or a picture of that. And then on the other one, this is the one that, you know, for our kids, they, they wanted to put this sign right out in front of our locker room as we exit because they wanted to touch this pyramid before. It was kind of one of those deals that that first group we had took over that, you know, they hit the they hit the values board before they entered. And so we start with our values and then we go through the confidence that we earn through the pre preparation and detail in which we do in practice and, and, and before the game even have how well we do our job. Uh, that thing is important. Owning, having ownership, and and what your job is. That comes from coaches' meetings, um, telling our kids what their roles are, how they impact their team, what they do well, and in some sense, what they hinder the team. Um, and so, how well you do your job. That's on our pyramid. And then at the end, all of that will take care of itself. The scoreboard will take care of itself if you do everything underneath that. The process. It's about the process, people. Next thing we thought about, not necessarily thought about, was next thing was very important to us is be relationship driven. And um, one of the things I'm going to cover here in a minute is, is the 3D coaching. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you've heard of 3D coaching, but, you know, we want to be three-dimensional. We want to be relationship-driven. We want to have a personal relationship with our kids outside of basketball where your kids know that you love them, you care for them, you're there for them, not only in sports, but you're there for them outside. And so some of these snippets are, you know, this is a Christmas party and my wife hosts a Christmas party for them and does it excellent with all of our girls. And she's that typical, typical basketball mother for them. You know, this is our cookout for our team parent meeting. We always do an end of the summer bash where we, we actually do our parent meeting at the same time, but we also do fun and games and we're competing during the day and then all the, at the end we swim. And this is my little, I have a two year old, she's about to be two next month, but this is a, uh, one of my going to be seniors. Well, you look pretty rested, coach. That's not too bad. I mean, <laughs> I, have um, a I have a 15 year old and 18 year old. So those are those, those memories are like, I, I, and it was in the heyday of when we were, Oh my God, it was like a blur, but and I, it's a fun age right now, man. It it's, is. I'm going to tell you. So here, here's, here's the, I, I was able to coach my son, I think 18 and the relationship him and I have over the, because he grew up in my gym. The relationship mm -hmm. him and I have is pretty special. I think the perfect window, like six to 10, you have a little one there's probably still in diapers right uh well she's potty trained she's in pull up yep pull up so so once that all goes away that's nice but that six to eight they're like little independent people but <laughs> you still are like king of the world yeah um 
you know it, it that, that the, there's a the perfect little window for um yeah the, the daddy the daddy eyes i love that yeah. So but, our, girls, our girls are great with her. Oh, I bet. Hey, you know what I you know what I always tell coaches? You can tell what kind of player or person they are is how they deal with your kids. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's one of those things you just walk. You don't say anything, you just walk. Yeah, and 100%. you can't fake that. And if you do, it's for short spurts. But the ones that you can just tell. The relationship thing is huge. It, as I've gotten older, and I've said this to other coaches in podcasts, as I've gotten older, this is 80% of the gig. This yeah. relationship it's 20% the X's and O's and we you can watch YouTube videos to the cows come home if you want to watch learn how to do stuff it's from the military part right if you're gonna to go to battle with me you got to know I got your back um but, and it's the same here yeah I want our kids and this is our whole staff we this is this thing that we drive home with our staff period is like you know like if a kid if a kid's having a bad day we should be the first ones to catch it because we're relationship driven we right. we know what's going on, not always everything going on outside their lives, but we need to be so engaged that they're they're willing to have those conversations with us. And that happens a lot. And they're willing to have a bad day. Like I can yeah. think back, gosh, and it was January or February. And one of my guys, he's like my sixth or seventh, he was just having a bad day. I had him in class, sorry, kind of knew that I could just see it. So one of my coaches was starting to, I, so I walk over, I go, you gotta just, I'm not gonna use his name, but I'm gonna say, you have to use player at, you have to leave player excellent. He's having a really bad day. No one's gonna pull him out of it at this point let's just move on we i've already talked to him we'll talk to him again and then by the end he was smiling and it was all good yeah but but if 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 i would have let my coach go at him because he wasn't doing what he needed to do but mm -hmm. he's a teenage boy and he was just having one of those days it didn't affect our practice so if i let him go at him like he normally would have and he normally would have responded to he knew that we had his back he knew i had his back and that was something else was going on eventually i found out what it was just being involved with him not only yeah. just in sports but you know outside i think yeah. you know some of these kids it's you have to you have to sit back and look at it from a different lens i believe some of these kids have to go out of basketball and then go to work until 10 at night or 11 at night right. and then and then turn around and do homework until one and then oh by the way they've got a, an fca meeting for coach neil at, at 7 30 in the morning before class and so and then they never miss. And that's the type of kid we're dealing with. And so on those bad days, you have to be a shoulder sometimes. You've got to be um, the one that steps away and just lets them um, deal with it themselves. Right. And so, but being relationship driven and understanding each and every one of your kids, you understand how they respond to things and so on and so forth. So anyways, the, the, the one, um, the picture in the middle is a kid that I've got playing collegiate ball. This is us um, going to watch her at a game before our season started. And, uh, you know, I, I think her name's Gabby Adams. Another, another good indicator is whether they come back. Oh, guaranteed. I'm Gabby's telling still, you. Gabby's still, and I've had, Gabby just graduated the year before last. I mean, she still calls me um, on out, outside of things and, you know, ask about my daughter and ask me to, ask to for me to open up the gym for her. And, and uh, I mean, the relationship there, you know, all of them are extended version daughters of what I have in my house. And so they're, they're, they're a second family. And I want that relationship. I think you've got to want that or you're not going to be successful. And you're also doing, to be honest, I'll just, I'll scold because I'll just be the old coach. You're doing it for the wrong reason. Because if mm -hmm. you're only doing it for the wins, you're doing it for the wrong reason. 100%. The wins, the wins will, the wins will run into each other after a while, but it's the, the, the players that you touch won't. So 
you know, I'll, I'll scold the young coaches. It's hard when you're young and you want to win so bad, but it yeah. will take care of it. The yes. process will take yes. care of itself. Yes, it will come. If you build it the right way, you will have successes. And, and it's also how you measure success. I mean, the success is not measured just with wins and losses. It is not. Um, so another thing we wanted to do, continue on that building your brand and identity. We wanted to do things that were different from other people. We wanted to, we wanted others to envy and even around us, um, what we do. And so I had our media, me and our boys coach had our media guy created a hype video for us. And we post that on Twitter. We have an entry run out. And, and so I won't, I won't go through that whole video. I'll let you. Do you have a video board in your gym? We have a video board in our gym. Yeah. We yeah. Um, got it. It's nice. We got, we got one like four or five years ago. It's nice. We don't utilize it. Game changer. It's a game changer for your kids. That's a, they look forward to that. That's something that, um, that gets them fired up. And for coaches, we're always trying to find the intrinsic motivation things that gets them excited. And it was, now that's an expensive motivation tool, but right. um, it, it's huge. And so we took advantage of it. Our media, our media class built this for us, do, do a phenomenal job. And so that's anyways, that's our hype video, but not a lot of teams have that. And so right. when they come to our place and we're having our starting lineups and that stuff happens, you can see some some parents and, and some other other teams looking up there and watching that whole thing like gosh that's awesome right and 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 I think that was important for our kids because when my when we do our youth club uh, games like we'll sometimes we'll do uh, like two or three times uh, well actually more than that but we bring in our youth club organizations and they play during our halftime just do like a small inner squad one for me that gets butts in the seats for our game right. helps gay financially two it it provides a excitement for our younger programs that we can build uh from the bottom up and um but they get all see this and then you know hopefully the the mind the mindset is is that you they want to be a part of that as they grow through it and they they continue with it and and they improve and all that so we, 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 we do small stuff like that. That's just a tidbit. Talking about 3D coaching, this is the, all the way down through our, our coaching staff. Um, again, pyramid of success, John Wooden. Um, first dimension, obviously, for us coaches is the fundamentals. That's the first thing we always hit. When I was a young coach, I always thought it was all about the fundamentals. And um, everything has to be fundamentally sound and, and high detailed. And, and those are your strength and your speed and your quickness and stuff like that. And then you have the second tier of that, which is the psycho psychological part. Um, how you motivate them, you know, body and mind, Zen, Zen master stuff, Phil Jackson. Right. Um, you know, and then, then you have at the top of the pyramid, see, see some coaches can hit the fundamentals and they're great at it. Some coaches are great with the relationship and the psychological part and connecting with their, with their students on that level or their athletes on that level. If you never reach the top, if you never can pierce the heart and have the buy-in that they love, care for you, you don't fully reach your potential with your athlete. And so one of the things that this is one of the things is a visual for our coaches is, hey, we want to touch the heart. We want to, we want to make sure that they understand that they were, we're there for them, not only just body and mind, but um, body, mind, and spirit. And so we want to try to be great at all three, not just one, not just two. And so we feel like if you capture their heart, my kids will run through a brick wall for me. And, and if you don't, they won't. I mean, I'm telling you, all my great team have had football players that mm -hmm. are that that are they're football players that play basketball. But every one of them loved us and would run through the wall for us and would do some of the stuff that needed to be done on the court because we got to their heart. Like they they were playing to be with their friends and blah blah blah. But then all of a sudden they became basketball players because we got to their heart. Um, it was great. Yeah. It, it's special when that happens. It makes me giddy when I think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it makes for fun teams. I it mean, does. it makes for a lot of fun teams. One of the things that you asked for is, is a favorite quote. 
of mine, and I think this is this is huge. This is this speaks to our program. This is what we try to do as a staff. If you have a vision for a year, you plant wheat. You have a vision for ten years, you plant trees. You have a vision for a lifetime, you plant people. I love that. So I think that's uh, that's what we try to do on a daily basis, not just with basketball, but we're trying to make good citizens, good kids, and and hopefully that great citizens to our community and others that go out and do things that we taught them at a young age. Um, I think that builds into also like building your staff, putting great people around you um, to be successful. Um, some of the ways that we do that, we're planning people. Obviously, we do FCA. There's some other curriculums and programs we've looked at that, that are good character building curriculums. Obviously, FCA is one of those that's nationally known. Yep. There's lots um, of them. I mean, they, we have an FCA in our school too. And then there's 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 a couple other ones that are really good. It, it, yeah. It, it, again, it's fitting your Fitting your school and your community, I think, is really important. Next thing we wanted to do is have a vision um, and then how to make that vision a reality. Um, so one of the things that I looked at and, and before we basically before the whole thing started is how am I going to get from A to Z? And, and we're starting at ground level. How are we going to build this thing? And one, the vision was to operate with high integrity. I think that was number one for me. Be a high integrity person all the time. Be first class. Um, have a competitive team in our conference and state by developing the women of character that we wanted to develop. And I think that's what we showed you in the prior slide. Teach and exhibit leadership. I think that's extremely important. We want all of our kids to have that buy-in um, and lead in different ways. Not, there, there can be on your team, you can have stronger leaders than others, but we want them all to have buy-in and value within our, within our, and so teaching leadership, I think that's hard. I think that's sometimes forgotten. Earn everything through our hard work and dedication and commitment to the program. I always want to do what's right for kids. It may not be what's popular, but I always <laughs> want to do what's right. Have a program, and I wanted, we wanted to have a program that others envy and want to emulate. We all felt that was our vision. If you look at Dick Bennett's advice um, for successful program, he talks about, you know, surround yourself with good people, passionate people. Surround yourself with people that believe in servanthood. He says the road to greatness. I have very little ability to finish anything on my own, but if we do it together, we can accomplish so much. And then do not allow anybody to come in and break up that family unity. Think about who you who you are, what your identity is, and then stamp it. I, that I always took that to heart. You know, I always took that advice because Dick's a legend and he's 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 monarch in our in our industry. And, and uh, you know, he's a Wisconsin um, guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, and so uh, we we talk about blocker mover and all that, but it's uh, it's uh, he he's I've taken this to heart, and we 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 kind of use some of his stuff. And Tony's the same way. Tony's the same way in Virginia. Oh, absolutely. Tony's the exact same way. And then how do we make that reality? How do we make our vision reality? One, I felt like I had to hire the best coaches and teachers for our kids. I didn't want to just hire a name. You know, sometimes uh, when you get into when you get into head coach when you're a head coach and you have to hire people, sometimes you, you have an application and, and there are some bigger names than others. Doesn't make, doesn't mean it's the always right fit for you or your program. And so I have to make sure when you go through the hiring process or you're putting people around you, one, it's got to fit you. It's got to fit your personality. Two, they got to have some of the same interests and motives as you do and value. Um, and those are huge. And we wanted to hire the best coaches and teachers for our kids all the way down. And, and we look for that even through the youth league. Like when we have control of kind of like who helps out with our youth league program, obviously we look for some of those same values. And then we wanted to we wanted to develop excellence. And I, so before we, die, before we go on to that, what, what does that entail? So I agree. For your kids, you're going to hire the best coaches and teachers for your kids. What are you looking for in that? Other than um, following your kind of vision statement. For sure. I think, uh, I think that when I look at coaches, 
I look at what drives them, what motivates them. You know, sometimes you'll get like I've had, and I don't, I'm not going to mention any names or anything, but I've had coaches that have head coaches that applied for a junior high job just because they want to get into our location. Well, that's the motive there is wrong. And so I think you look for what drives them, what motivates them, why, their why. And we'll talk about that. That's extremely important. We'll talk about that at the end. That's a great book too, but yeah, Um, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. And so I think those are the things that we look at. Are they high character people? Um, I think you've got to dive into reference checks and see what type of people they are outside of who they list because you want to know you want to know what you're what you're, you're building getting. your family like i'm not gonna let someone live in my house until i, I mean you know i'm I, a friend knows a friend that's great but i'm that doesn't mean they're gonna live in my house with me like i'm gonna that that's the way you got to kind of treat it that's the way i've always treated it. it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna right. do i'm gonna do my first check but then i'm gonna do my second and third check just to make sure we're all aligned in the same you know great yeah. reference that's a yeah. great reference yeah, yeah. It's like, cause this is your team is your home. Your team is your family. It's the same thing. That's the way I always looked at it. And I've had two staffs. The reason we've won if I've had two staff and literally I know I trust them. I know they're not after my job. I know they're, mm-hmm. they're doing what's right by my kid. That's the only reason I'm still coaching. Probably if I had a turnover all the time, staff is there's two days that are really important. The day you pick your staff and the day you pick, mm-hmm. those are really important days. Yeah. Um, no, hiring coaches is important and, yeah. and they got to be good teachers. I mean, I, I look at that, like, you know, some, I think the, the generic, the way that some of administrators look at coaches are they're, they're not always great teachers. Well, I, I want the flip side of that. I want a great teacher because if you're a great teacher, guess what you're going to do in my practice? It's, it's, it's a, basically, it's, I, we run a talented and gifted program for basketball players is the way I always refer yeah. to it. I'm a yep. teacher. I'm a I'm a teacher that coaches basketball. I, mm-hmm. I love basketball. I have a little, especially with teenage boys, I have a little bit more hook because I'm a basketball coach. Yep. Like I have something more that they want than learning, you know, trig, I'm a math teacher, than learning trig functions or geometry. I have something more that they necessarily want, but I'm still teaching them the same. I'm teaching them every day. I think that's, a, yeah, you're looking for a teacher. Is what makes your value in the district even higher, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, yeah. if you get, if you get, if you hold the carrot um, and you've got the keys to the ship, you're important. Oh, and it's <laughs> like in our town, it's like street cred. I got street cred. Coach Collins has won all these state titles. Coach Collins knows what he's. There's there's cred, street cred that comes with that. So yeah, especially on the boys' side, there's there's definitely that. All right, I didn't mean to get us off. I just no, wanted to no, you're good. dive in because I know coaches that are listening to this that want to be head coaches, like. Yes, getting the job is only the beginning. It's, it's yeah, there's so much. Who you surround so yourself much. with? Because I can tell you how many coaches I've talked to over the years that, that got the job and could have done great, but who they surrounded themselves with brought the ship down. Their first mates was. And sometimes you don't have any control over that. Sometimes you, you have. I you mean, you, you get who you get, and but I think it's also just as we do with coach to player. I think you've got to you've got to coach your coaches just yeah. as like you coach your yeah. players, and you got to take them from point A to point B if that's your vision. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe. Um, and we would really appreciate that. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, five those five star reviews mean a ton to us. Uh, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.